This is the iMoveU podcast, getting you private practice ready. We give you fresh ideas on mindset, communication, and clinical skills so you can have a fulfilled career. What a time to be alive. Welcome to episode 20 of the iMoveU podcast. We have a guest episode today, which is awesome. It's always good to hear a different voice. Uh, And he is Justin Smith, a podiatrist at Hunter Podiatry, which is around the Newcastle area in New South Wales, for those of you who don't know. Uh, G'day, Justin. Hey, Mike. How are you going? Good, mate. Thank you for joining me. Was that right, Uh, Hunter Podiatry around the Newcastle area? Yeah, yeah. So uh, in the Hunter region, we've got four sites spread between Maitland and a sports medicine clinic down in Newcastle as well. Um, So, yeah, nice, nice little hub here up in the Hunter. Awesome. And you were just telling me, uh, I found this particularly interesting. You've been there for 12 months, but you've already taken on a new role. Could you tell the listeners about that? Yeah. So my background, I guess I graduated five or six years ago uh, from podiatry before studying exercise and sports science. Um, Been in private practice across a few different areas and come on board with Hunter Podiatry, a few friends. Um, I've had that clinic for a while now. And, um, yeah, stepping into a – we're a pretty big team. So the role was needed for someone, an accountability partner for clinical excellence and um, clinical mentoring for a few of our junior staff and basically a critical thinking partner for some of our um, you know, other senior senior peers, I guess. So doing a, that non-clinical role is, is quite nice as well. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So I was really – I was pleased to hear that you're six years out uh, but you've only been in this business for 12 months and the two owners, Luke and Darby, have already said, we want you to have almost a pathway, which we've spoken about before in iMoveU and that they've chosen that you'll be in charge of clinical excellence. Could you just describe what that means in a little bit more detail and, and who sits under you? Yeah, great. So that role for me... Um Apart from working there, I'm a clinical educator at the University of Newcastle, which is a, a nice, you know, complementary, um, uh, you know, uh, job to, to be trying to provide a bit of a framework and a structure to my clinical excellence role. But essentially, we've got a new graduate and a couple of other junior podiatrists who are a couple of years out as well, um, as well as a few other senior senior podiatrists as well who have got a few more years graduated than myself. Um, so that role just looks like creating, one, some structured hands-on mentoring things with some of the junior pods, but also, as I said, an accountability partner for having clinical conversations, discussing some cases and techniques and research and evidence-based practice to ensure we've got continuity across, across the clinic. Um, it's certainly not a role that, that, uh, um, you know, that, that we needed uh, years ago when there weren't so many people, but now it's it's uh, grown to a point where it's, it's quite nice. That's awesome, mate. Um, so you were saying you've got a new grad under you and you've got uh, quite a few people between one and three years clinical experience. Could, yep. you, could you highlight some of the challenges that they're facing in their first three years? And mindful that uh, these are podiatrists, but we found that the challenges are the same across all health professionals. Yeah, certainly. So one thing, especially for, for younger health professionals, um, is knowing some of the things on the fringes of our own profession. So 
one big thing was knowing a little, and I can certainly refer to this myself, um, knowing a little bit about some of the other people that see our clients when they're not with us. So some of the other allied health professions, physios, OTs, you know, whether it be dietitians or other medical professions, orthopedic specialists, um, you know, all those other complementary services has been a bit of a, a challenge actually knowing what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, not only the, the other medical professions, but well, for us as podiatrists, I'm sure there's some similar ones for you for you and physio and other areas, but knowing what some of the run coaches are and the PTs, some of the gym owners, some of the shoe stores, um, and also, you know, pharmacists and a few different areas around there, really knowing what it is that they do and, and the services they have has been a bit of a challenge for them. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I've really enjoyed, um, I've just started coaching with the Clinic Mastery guys, who's a, it's a group uh, that helps other health professional business owners and it's been really fun working with osteos, myers and pods mm. um, because it just shows you, um, a great, well, gives you a great referral network, which we're going to talk about, but it also upskills you in your own profession. I'm encouraging a podiatrist now to always do some glute strengthening, which might have been in the realm or some young pods might think that's in the realm of an EP or a physio, but every podiatrist can do glute work and we know that has outcomes on ankle health, foot health. So you learn a lot too, don't you, from that? Oh, mate, 100%. No, I can never forget. We got one of my friends who's a physiotherapist, but he specializes in uh, geriatric care and and keeping people... um, you know, able to live, falls prevention stuff and staying in their home. And he gave us one little gem. He came and did an in-service for us and he spoke about the, the simple question in asking an elderly person of how are you coping in the home? Like if there's a trigger for they're living by themselves or something like that. And that was a, a trigger for, for, to just have a conversation to see, hey, maybe you do need to have another conversation with someone else or you know, perhaps speak to my age care or just provide some other service. But having a little, little gem conversation, things that I'd never really thought of, um, you know, you can certainly pick up from other, other people. That's awesome. Like when we started I Move You, we, it was just for physios only because I was a physio, but we just soon found out that these skills are so transferable. And even if we're talking about shoulders, the pods, if you're open and your growth mindset and you're open to, running things through your filter and learning how to apply things to your profession, so valuable. And we've actually enjoyed having Osteos Myers pods there and they're the ones getting a ton of value out of it. So I love going into those experiences with that mindset. It, it gives yeah. you, it upskills you in, our, in your own profession, I think. Well, I think, Mike, one of the big reasons we all get into to health is, is a lot of us, you know, we want to help. We want to help people. And um, once you understand that, and I always come back to the thought of the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And although, you know, I'm looking at the foot, you might be looking at a knee or a shoulder, you know, if you can understand and, and listen through that filter, um, you're really priming yourself to hear things and maybe refer with confidence or, or think that, you know, you might have an, another referral or someone else that they could see and, and provide a bit of value to them. Yeah, that's, that's massive. And, uh, I noticed that once you get good at doing uh, at at handing out referrals, is you'll start getting more referrals yourself. But you'll also become known as the person that can fix anything, whether it's not you fixing it, but you know where to send someone, and that garners a lot of trust. If if someone had come and seen me for 
something that isn't MSK, it's because they've trusted me in the past and they know that I'll send them to the right person to get them better. That's uh, that's really powerful. And uh, going on to referral networks, we're going to chat about um, establishing your referral network. So mm. when you're starting out and, and let's say you're in your first three years of your health professional career, what do you do to establish your referral network? Yeah, good question. Um I think thinking about a, a very useful thing is to think about your own personal beliefs and values and you want to try and identify some people on those fringes as we touched on before that might be other people in the community, other allied health professionals and you basically want to qualify them. Um, you want to try and know, like and trust them. You know, As you say, people don't care what you know until you, they know that you care and that's how you know, we want to approach and, and refer with confidence. If you know that, you know, for me, that's a big one. If they care and, and all those things, you know, you, you're more likely to, to refer to them. But certainly, if they share, if there's some shared beliefs, if there's some similar values, you know, there, there's an abundance mindset there. Ideally, there's some social proof and maybe there's a few mutual connections that you could ask and, and probe around a little bit. Um, who else are they learning from or who are their mentors and see if there's a few commonalities amongst those things. Yeah, I like that. So um, just to bring that into light, when I've got a patient in front of me, they might mention their podiatrist or they might mention the place they train at. uh, And I think, is that what you mean by mutual contacts? Yeah, so certainly, I mean, we're all seeing patients all day and if we have a few trigger questions, that's a great way to think about, you know, uh, I was saying to this to, to someone else early, um, I, there's been a lady in, in our community and just through me asking with consistency, who do you see with any other regularity? Who else do you see with any, any regularity? And there was this Tai Chi instructor's name who just kept popping up and popping up. And so I would probe and say, oh, what's that like? And everyone was just raving about this lady. So reaching out and, of course, um, you know, finding out all those different qualities that were found. You know, she's been a great lady for me to send people to, the right type of person. Um, you know, so probing and using your clients is a really good way. I love that. I love that's a pearl. Who, who else do you see regularly? Our version of that would be um, where do you train or who do you train with? Um, so your question's amazing for picking up other health professionals and ours is probably the other end of picking up uh, trainers and health partners to work with. That's awesome. I liked also what you said about um, stalking their networks a little bit and other social proof. So we, we actually go online, Facebook, and see if they like any of the other educational resources we do. And that's a great way to um, start the conversation. For example, if we both follow, let's say, Ryan DeBell from The Movement Fix, who's a CrossFit chiro and physio, and I say, hey, Justin, I notice you follow The Movement Fix, automatically we've got a bit of a mutual connection there and something to bond over. Yeah, for sure, man. That's Yeah, and we're in such a unique opportunity and time, you know, to – to be able to leverage online and really do some quality screening, um, you know, prior to, to even reaching out and, and making a connection and, and trying to get face to face and have a conversation and, and see if those things go further. Awesome. It, it is. It's so good. Uh, nothing like a bit of stalking. Um, just before we move on to your process, once you've kind of reached out and got an idea of who you want to reach out to, we spoke about the dream referral network. 
Um, so could you explain what the Dream Referral Network means to you and, and who would be in yours? Yeah, so certainly a Dream Referral Network is anyone else who can help your clients. And I'm not sure if you might be familiar with it, but the, the book called The Go-Giver, have you? Um, no, I haven't, but yeah, tell me about it. Oh, it's, a, it's a great book, and it just talks about um, you know the person that is just constantly giving, and as you said before, you know there's always that that, that um, reciprocity that, that comes back, and, and and if you give on a on a macro level, you receive on a uh, sorry, if you give on a micro level, you receive on a on a macro level, and um, you know thinking about for us as podiatrists, certainly physiotherapists um, might be OTs as well for certainly for pediatrics is, is a lot. Exercise physiologists is a great one, and um, you know thinking about dietitians, certainly GPs and GPs. I'm sure as you would know, is it can be a, a tricky one to crack, um, but certainly if you find a few good ones in, in your area, it's the people you want to try and latch onto and and try and establish a good good network. Um, orthopedic specialists and, and sports physicians, you know, there's there's a bunch of, of different types of ones there for us to, to be thinking about. Hmm. I'm thinking for the young health professional, um, how would you go about approaching orthopedic or GP? Because it is, uh, first, first of all, intimidating, but also just hard to land. So do you have some tips on how to land it? And then what would you say when you're in there? Yeah, for sure. So it is... It is tricky. Like there's no way around that, and certainly you're going to get knocked back, and that's fine. Failing forward, as we say, um, but certainly trying to leverage uh, mutual friends or contacts is is always quite nice in that scenario. But also just playing a long game, and it might take six months. Um, I, I did a talk recently to a GP clinic, and it literally took me six months to get it booked in their diary. Um, and you know, you just got to be prepared to take a bit of take a bit of time, but obviously leading with value as well, Mike. As you know, mate, start trying to offer to help, um, you know, in some sort of way is always useful. I like uh, just the distinction there for young health professionals going out. Uh, we learned this the hard way this year, I think. Is when you're going out to GPs or gyms, you should expect to be told no nine times out of ten. And we, were, we weren't realizing as the owners of the business the impact this was having on our young health professionals. They were getting really down and feeling like they were failing, but we just didn't relay to them that even when we were starting and hustling, most people will say no to you and you're just looking for that one yes out of 10. And I think that speaks to what you're saying about the long game. So for owners listening, it's important to relay that back to your young team and for the young health professionals listening, it's important that when you start this process of partner work, know it's going to take six to 12 months, but also know that nine people are going to say, I'm not interested. And you're actually just after that one yes. Um, so, yeah, good point. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. And as you said, offering you know some sort of education or um, you know answering their frequently asked questions, give them the common frequently asked questions that you might predict that your profession gives to them, um, you know, invite them into your clinic, things like that. But um, I said, I think I said to you earlier before, Mike, one of my personal favorites is, and coming back to one of those qualifying thoughts, I'm a big uh, believer in, in exercise and certainly morning rituals and morning training. So um, I'm always, tra- and also trying to, if I can, catch up with them out of clinical hours. So I'll always ask and offer, 
hey, do you want to catch up and train early in the morning, whether it be in some sort of exercise setting? Um, you know, so if they're willing to get up nice, bright and early, they're, they're, they get a pretty big tick in my book to start with. Yeah, that's that's a really good uh, double win. Get them out of their workspace, but also train with them. Um, mm. And it qualifies them because that's the type of person you probably want to work with. Uh, so some good tips there. Could you take us into the process? So you've qualified them. You think there's someone you want to work with. Maybe you've had an email or a quick coffee. What do you do once you've, you feel comfortable and you feel like they've invited you into their inner circle? What are some things you do to maintain a referral relationship? Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it can be quite tricky as well. We're all busy trying to align at a time that works. So being very specific with here's what works specifically for me, how does that sit with you, rather than opening you know, that, that back and forth calendar share type scenario it can be quite tricky to organize a time um, and obviously trying to be as flexible as possible in the early stages um, you know to try and accommodate and, and catch up with them when it best suits um, but certainly as you said creating a, a rhythm and a routine um, to touching base with them one thing you, we never really want to do is is provide whether it be you go and do a talk somewhere you connect with someone and there's no follow-up you know, it's that constant continuity of, te- of te- uh, touching base, whether that be through creating a reminder, a monthly reminder, um, send a text, say hello, offer a catch-up, um, something like that is, is really useful. Um, try and pencil in, hey, when can we, when you do catch up, what's the next thing that's going to happen and try and have a, a set follow-up, whether that be I'll do this for you, I'll provide this piece of content, um, the FAQs that I mentioned for you, uh, I'll provide a time to educate your team, just have a follow-up set in. Yeah, that's that's that really is the key. Um, we get really excited sometimes when we land it, but you've got you've to have a regular catch-up. I like the monthly reminder and even if it's, just a Facebook message, sometimes that's a strategy we adopt is we just jump on Facebook. So whenever we create a new partner, we do try and friend them, if you would, on Facebook. And that way, it gives us a bit of content to talk about when we catch up. We can see their struggles, but it's great to just send them a Facebook message and say, um, hey, I saw your running group uh, had a big turnout. That was awesome. And just let them know you're, you're there for them if they, if they need you. Yeah, that, that's a really good point, Mike. You know, supporting them and their online stuff as well. Um, you know, you, you know yourself, Mike, it, it, we really do appreciate it when we get a review or a comment or something like that, a, a share, um, you know, because if they have been qualified and we believe in what they're doing, we believe in their outcomes and things like that, we should be championing them as well. And I think really supporting them is a good public display and I'll appreciate that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you do much with your partners in the online space while we're talking about that? Yeah, we've we've just started um, to try and uh, get on top of a few more um, online space stuff. Um, it, it's becoming more and more an important aspect of business, Mike. And, and you know, you've been well across this, which has been great. Um, so yeah, we're slowly moving more and more towards uh, a few different on- online things and trying to get a little bit of content and, and things out there, mate. It's um, yeah, it's it's also one step at a time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's um. It's interesting because we thought it, it might be difficult for them to accept content and share with their members, but we've found it almost a softer launch in a in a busy world where we might be struggling to catch up or we might be struggling to get in front of a 
group of GPs or a group of, say, a run club, we we have adopted the strategy of, oh, we actually produce videos every week on your topic. Um, I can tag you in it or you can drop it in your group so you've got some content that's helpful. And we don't sell. It's just a minute tip to help you run better or a minute tip on shoulder bursitis for your GPs. So it's worth, if you are struggling to get that catch-up in or get that larger group meeting, you can start providing content. We found that a softer strategy to start the partnership. That's a great strategy. Um, I was I was just uh, thinking here, a, a really good tip that we both do was become a client of theirs. Uh, tell me more about that. Yeah, for sure. So, mate, you want to be fully invested in, in things and, and certainly, you know, meeting them, whether it be, you know, the, the great – uh, run coach that you've heard of or a PT, drop in and do a session, um, whether it be the osteo down the road whose name keeps popping up, um, you know, book in, go and, and pay them respect and you'll certainly get, you'll see their full service from their front counter, um, whether it be their admin team and their booking experience to, you know, in the rooms, experience their clinic because it's through the filter of, you know, if you're going to be referring their clients, understanding the client's journey is, is quite useful as well. It also comes back to when you're going to refer a client or someone that you come in contact with them, you can really explain it to them in full understanding and, and give them clarity as to what they can expect. Yeah, that's that's huge. It's, it's been huge for us. Uh, if we approach F45 or CrossFit gyms, we we actually go in with that as a almost a bargaining chip is we'd love to treat your coaches you know no gap or 50 percent off um if if our guys could train with you just so we can feel what it's like to do crossfit so we can service your members better and you can come in and get tune-ups whenever you need it so uh, i would actually say that's probably been the most powerful tip for us in establishing our active referral network and our gym partners yeah uh, i think mike being a part of your market demographic is is something that's quite you know, quite effective and very useful when possible. People, you know, they like people who they know, like, and trust. And people they know, like, and trust, if you're one of their tribe, if you're doing the same things as they are, it's um, it's a much easier relationship. Yeah, and, and it is your responsibility, right, to know yeah. what a Spartan class looks like in F45 or what yeah. um, uh, the what of the day is at CrossFit because if you can speak your patient's language as well, and then you go, oh, I know exactly what that workout is, um, straight away you've got a bit more buy-in and compliance as well. 100%. As someone who's, you know, I'm a CrossFit coach and love my CrossFit and, um, you know, when someone, when a patient walks through the door, any CrossFitter knows it, it's very frustrating if they have to try and explain their language and terminology. So the second you start talking their language a bit more, you just see it, they, they settle down. And, and so if their coaches know that they're going to experience that, um, of course, they're going to say, oh, you know, they get us. You know, you, you're going to be able to see them. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. Um, thanks for, for talking about referrals with me, but I, I really enjoyed the start of the chat, even just knowing that you're six years out and you've become a clinical educator and that's been almost your pathway in the clinic and you're helping the young health professionals as well. I think that's really exciting to keep in mind for anyone who's zero to three years out is – You've got to keep pursuing or giving back to the community because we do speak about getting a little bit stale or burnt out around three or four years if you've just got your head down doing what you're doing. 
um, I was going to go over my top tips. And while I do, you can think about maybe one or two key things you've taken out of this episode, Justin. My, um, I really liked what you said, uh, who else do yeah, you see I'm, regularly? I thought that was yeah, an awesome I'm, tip. Uh, yeah, who else do you see regularly? Um, and I think the other one, I really liked what you said, mate, and you gave me a bit of a tip thinking about, well, if you can't catch up, here's a bit of you know content that, that might serve you and, and help you a little bit for, for your community. Um, that's something that's, that's quite simple and easy. Um, but I, I think, yeah, know, like, and trust the, the people around you and, and be a client of them is, is really useful always. Yeah, awesome, mate. So let's get everyone to pop in. Who else do you see regularly in their treatment note templates? Uh, realize it's a long game when we're establishing referral networks. And if we can train or exercise with them, that'd be awesome. And then there was also a book in here the Go-Giver, which is, it sounds like a really awesome book for mindset for any young health professional. So some awesome pearls to come out. Uh, thanks very much for your time today, mate. Really interesting chat. No worries. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Bye. This is the iMoveU podcast, getting you private practice ready. We give you fresh ideas on mindset, communication, and clinical skills so you can have a fulfilled career.